This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Saturday Squeeze is your shortcut to being informed weekend style. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Biggest story this week, Claire, was the footy finals and the weather. You tell us about your newfound appreciation for Darcy Moore. If you don't know who he is, listen on. Yeah, he's definitely someone to know. News you might have missed this week, it's all out of the US. Yep, we cover off on the drama in US Congress with the Speaker Kevin McCarthy being ousted. The Sam Bankman-Fried trial, good times. (laughs) Good times. Roll on. Let's do it. One of the biggest news stories this week, according to Google search, was the footy finals. Of course, we had the AFL first, Claire. Collingwood took out the crown. You have a newfound love for their captain, Darcy Moore. Yeah, Please explain. I, I do note that you've put love here in the script. Just you were to gushing. clarify, that's putting it rather strongly. And appreciation <laughs> is a better word for it. Uh, I grew up watching AFL. It was certainly the dominant winter sport for the guys at school. So I've watched a lot of games. Um, but these days I only tune into a handful of games every year. Anyway. Not the point. You did watch the grand final. I watched the grand final, just like 3.75 million Australians did. I was completely enthralled. It was just such a great game between Collingwood and Brizzy. It was a great game. As I said, Collingwood won. Darcy Moore is the captain of Collingwood. Tell us about why you think he's pretty great. Yeah, so I was, game was over on the sofa, just scrolling through a tablet, having a look at a screen, not paying much attention. <laughs> reading something, I Reading assume. something, yeah. Yeah. Um, not paying much attention to the presentations that were going on. Oh, that's Colin my favourite part. No, I'm just like I want it on just in case someone does something. Yeah. But I'm not paying much attention. Anyway, my ears pricked up with this very articulate guy and thought, mm. who is he? Because he's got long blonde hair. I'd seen him on the field and he played well and thought, interesting bloke. Anyway, it just sent me down this whole Darcy Moore rabbit hole. Yeah. He is at university studying for a Masters of International Relations. He's the son of Peter Moore, who's a legend Collingwood player from Mm. way back. He can speak Indonesian. He's very thoughtful about the news. He's talked a lot about big issues of our day. I just really like the cut of his jib. Yeah, you you, you were gushing. Yeah. <laughs> you just gushed. I want to I want to <laughs> see a lot more of him. I yeah, think he's no, awesome. Yeah, no, he's pretty special. He um he came onto my radar back when they play those Anzac mm. matches um and his speech post those games where he thanked veterans. Yeah. Um he acknowledged them. He brought it right back to the reason why they play those special games at that special time. Mm. Um he talked about the Royal Commission yeah. uh, at that time. Into so veteran suicides. Yeah. Yeah, it was we're sort incredible. Of, yeah, and we're sort of um, very aware yeah. that a lot of people listening will be like, guys, Darcy Moore's <laughs> been a thing for ages. How have you just <laughs> clocked this? But we just clocked it. Just clocked it. Look, we're based in New South Wales, probably not seeing everything that comes through the Victorian media yeah. or South Australian media or Western Australian media that's very focused on AFL anyway. Thumbs up, Darcy Moore. And for anyone who's not based in those states now, you know a bit more about him too. Um, The NRL on Sunday, two awesome games. Both games had one team in the lead, the Gold Coast Titans in the case of the women's game, the Brisbane Broncos in the case of the men's game, and their opponents had comeback tries to take the match and win. 
a heartbreaking weekend for Queenslanders. You've really got to feel for Queenslanders. Three games. Yeah, exactly. Oh. But well done to the Newcastle Knights. They took out the NRLW. The Penrith Panthers took out the NRL, the third premiership in a row, which is an amazing feat. Footy done, Kate. Footy is done. You're not going to talk about your rabbit hole, NRL rabbit hole, Nathan Cleary's love life. <laughs> the only thing to know there, everyone, <laughs> oh, is that it seems that he is dating Mary Fowler from <laughs> the Matildas. Pretty excited about that. <laughs> That's what Claire was looking up on her tablet. Yes, after the NRL <laughs> grand final. Exactly right. Oh, boy. Um, Claire, the biggest story of the week also outside of footy finals was all about the weather. Weather is a really tricky one for us to cover because it is hyper-local and mm. we try and do national news in short form. Yeah. So it's a really difficult thing just from that very basic proposition. But, of course, doing Squiz for a while, being through some massive events and then looking at what it is going to be potentially, what the forecasters are saying over this summer, certainly pause for thought for us about exactly how do you give enough sense about what is happening with these big events mm. that you don't stuff it up for the people who actually know what's happening on the ground or have an awareness of these regions. And I guess the reason we're talking about it is because this week is a prime example of what we mean. So mm. there was so much going on when it comes to weather-related news across different parts of the country. We have staff in Adelaide, Claire. Early in the week, there was a massive lightning storm there, 37,000 homes without power. Annalise, our producer, lost part of her roof. It was all happening down there. Annalise took us for a little tour on our morning call of what had happened at her home. Big news in Adelaide and South Australia, what happened there. At the same time, not a whisper of it in the Victorian news because that was all about fires in East Gippsland early in the week and then later in the week and ongoing, it's all about flooding. It was a crazy time in Victoria and still is. And then Claire, of course, north to Wangaratta. North to Wangaratta, what's going to happen over the weekend there is building floods. It seems mm. like it might not be catastrophic but certainly bad enough for people's homes to be inundated. And New South Wales, Kate, all the attention was on your hometown. On Bermagui, my like, beloved hometown of Bermagui. It doesn't get much media attention usually but, of course, not far from Cabago, which was the scene of some of those really devastating bushfires back in 2019 and 2020. I was down there during that time, as a lot of people listening, I'm sure, were holidaying on the south coast of New South Wales and experienced that event. I was also in Bermagui on the weekend, Claire. It was so dry. It was so hot. And you got in the car on Monday morning, didn't you? And Monday, came back to Sydney? I drove back Monday to Sydney night. Monday night. On mm. Tuesday, um, I spoke to my family. They said they had no power. Um, they had very little phone service. So I was able to sort of text with them. Um, that fire was coming across from Cabago through Light, which is a place that's gotten way more attention than mm. it needs, I think, mm. over the last little period into Bermagui. Um, the town was um, really under threat. Yeah, and a very emotional thing for you. Very emotional, not just for me, for everyone, but mm. particularly for the locals, I think um, it's just so recent Yeah, um, what happened and this is what we mean when we're talking about how it's difficult to cover weather events because for that pocket of people this was massive, massive, massive news for Another pocket of people listening, it might be that there was, you know, at the flood or lost roof or whatever. It's very, very hard because weather events are very emotional and very local. In things people might have missed this week, we've got two things, both with the US theme, Claire. So it's called Two Things People May Have Missed This Week with a US Theme. Oh, that's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> you. <laughs> 
<laughs> we really need to come up with shorter titles for our segments. I just, I look, every week it is a delight for me. Two things people might have missed this week with the US theme. <laughs> it's succinct. <laughs> Very snappy. It's going to take off. God, let's start with US politics first, Claire. You're in your element. Go. <laughs> Thank you. (laughs) I will go now with that great introduction. Uh, Let's kick off with Kevin McCarthy. He was the Speaker of the House of Representatives in Washington. It's a very, very prestigious position and it has a lot of power too. I said to you earlier in the week, um, I really want you to talk about this on the podcast because you're so knowledgeable on the topic (laughs) and you enjoy talking about it. But also, can you just, I was just like, can you step it back? Like, why is the speaker such a big deal? Because it's a much bigger deal than it is here in Australia and it's not comparable, I guess. Nancy Pelosi is probably um, a name that people will know. She was the speaker until the start of this year. Yeah. So she's a Democrat and the midterm elections, which were at the end of last year, the Republicans took control of the House. And with that means they get to pick the Speaker. So when it comes to the order of hierarchy in the government, just to give you a sense about why this is such an important position, it goes President, Vice President, Speaker. So it's right up the top. And because US politics is set up very differently to what we have here, the best way of describing McCarthy is like a leader of the opposition. It's not a perfect description, but I'm just trying to say that he's the most senior Republican in the Congress. In the Congress which really helps. Um, his removal, of course, then is a, is a huge deal. Yeah, because it wasn't the Democrats that removed him. It was his colleagues. It was his colleagues. He says he was removed for personal reasons. Yes, and just to point to that. So over the last few years, McCarthy has really built this reputation of saying all the right things to be aligned to Donald Trump, that he read the room and mm-hmm. he worked out that if he was going to be successful in this era of politics – on the Republican side, then he was going to have to get along basically with those people, including Donald Trump. Okay. Um, Of course, when it comes to doing things, it hasn't necessarily been aligned to the Trump way. The theory is that he's actually quite a moderate and therefore words are one thing, actions are another. So how did we get here? We got here because McCarthy really, 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 really wanted to be Speaker. It's the thing that he's always wanted. So he's done these deals to get the job. I was listening to a podcast last weekend saying how much he loves this job. He actually puts time aside each day so that visitors to the Congress can actually form a line and get selfies with him. He just <laughs> loves it, loves it. Uh, <laughs> loves the idea of being it. He lo- loves like the, the whole, whole thing. thing. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, But to get that job, he had to get this group of eight Republican House members who are Trump loyalists Mm -hmm. to support him. You might remember it took 15 votes. For him. Yeah, I don't remember this. Oh, come on. <laughs> you said to me, Shoot. come on, Kate, you might insane. remember this. But I'm like, no, I don't remember it. But if you say that's what happened. They did 15 rounds of votes for him to actually become the Speaker and it was because of this holdout group. Okay. They were voting with the Democrats to reject him. Eventually they did a deal with him so that he could take this job and in that deal was that McCarthy wouldn't do any budget deals with the Biden administration unless there were big commitments to cut government spending. And that was a big thing that for was the Republicans. That was threshold number yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, threshold number two was that there was an agreement that just one Republican member could move against him to get him kicked out of the role. Right. And is that what has happened? It's no. exactly what has happened. One or eight? Both. Well, uh, 
all eight of them. Yeah, yeah, in the end. In the end. But in the end what happened was the government's been at a crisis point again. They had to come to the table to vote on some budget measures. That group of eight weren't happy with the deal that McCarthy did with the Biden administration to keep the government open. So cross in mm. that box that he did a deal. Um, so one of them stood up and said, you're out. And he's out. And he's out. I did watch his, um, like, I guess, post-speaker speech. Yes. He looked rather smug. He was resigned, I think, okay. to the idea that there was not, like, he couldn't fight this fight any longer. Um, putting it in context, he is the second or third shortest term speaker in the history of the Congress. They don't turn these jobs over, over very, very much. Often, yeah. um, it's quite unprecedented what has happened. It's the first time that there's actually been a vote in Congress like that to turf the speaker out. Claire has just had the time of her life. <laughs> but anyone who was Everyone, to- <laughs> thank you for coming along that journey with me. I felt like I really needed to do that this week. Yeah, no, you did such a good job. And I can see how much you've enjoyed telling us about oh, it. Oh, man. As for who the new speaker will be, well, we don't know yet. Don't know yet. We'll find out. It's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be. Okay, I'm Claire. on the edge of my seat. <laughs> Claire, let's move on. Yes. To some other news that you're less excited about but just as enthusiastic oh, no. about. Yeah. Sam Bankman-Fried's trial, it kicked off this week, uh, this last past week. Yes. Um, it's going to be a big one across the news across the coming month. Yeah. He's in court on seven charges of fraud, conspiracy and money laundering. We talked about this when things were all starting to fall apart, which was a good sort of nine months ago, mm. ten months ago or so. So. The potted story of him is he was the founder of a cryptocurrency exchange called FTX. It was the biggest in the world. Um, There was also a crypto hedge fund called Alameda Research. Uh, That's a whole other thing. It was basically investing as it wanted. Yes. Just doing its own investments. He's pleaded not guilty to those fraud charges. And I feel like we need to step back and just explain who he is a little bit. He's young. Yes. 31 years old. As you say, he founded FTX, which wasn't just a cryptocurrency platform. It was one of the biggest in the world. Mm. So this is affecting a lot of people. Yeah. So people, and just to explain that, what would happen if you wanted to invest in cryptocurrency, you would go to them and say, here's my money. Can you buy me? Um, So basically managing billions and billions of dollars. So in its collapse, it has left ordinary people as well as businesses and other investors billions of dollars in the hole. And what he was essentially said to have been doing is using funds from FTX to prop up Alameda Research, which is why those two companies are going to be very prominent and spoken about a lot and important to understand. He spent millions of dollars on luxury properties, Claire, political donations. He was quite active politically. Many of his colleagues, and this is where it kind of gets, you know, a bit intriguing, is they've pled guilty for their part in Billions Gone Missing and they've turned on him. They've pled guilty, so Mm. they've agreed that these things happened. One of those people who have agreed to all of that is his former partner, Caroline Ellison. She ran Alameda, very much an ex-partner now. Ex-partner, yeah. Yeah. He's been in jail, Bankman Freed, um, waiting for his trial because there were concerns of witness tampering. He was trying to intimidate her is the accusation. Yeah, exactly right. And for the broader interest, I guess, in what it actually means for other exchange platforms, there's this flow on effect and there's been a lack of confidence in cryptocurrency in recent times. Um, Of course, it got up to quite high values. It's now just a fraction of that still after all of this. It's had a really long lasting effect. As I said, it's going to run for at least a month. So a heads up, it'll be in the news. 
Coming up this week, let's tick off sport first. The Men's Cricket World Cup is on in India. Our first match is against India tomorrow night. Later in the week, Claire, the Constellation Cup starts. That's netball I'm talking about. It's a rivalry for the ages, a four-game series against New Zealand. First game is in Melbourne on Thursday evening. Other thing to note is the Australia Cup, the soccer. It's a oh, big yes. sort of you tournament. You guys mentioned this in Squiz today yeah, yesterday. It's yeah, it's a really interesting one, I think. It's on tonight. It's between the Brisbane Roar and Sydney FC, so a good one for soccer fans there. Um, the week, though, Kate, in the news will likely be dominated by the referendum. Yeah. Um, of course, we're in the final week of the campaign before the vote next Saturday. I've already noticed polling booths in my neck of the woods are full of people with placards. Yes, no placards. It's hard to miss where I live. Yeah, we're in parts of Sydney, though, that it feels like that would happen. Engaged voters. In, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm in Mossman, you're in Potts Point. I'm really interested to hear what others actually are Yeah, are you seeing much around? At the early um, voting. Yeah, because, I mean, the reason why we're mentioning this is that early voting has opened. So if you have made up your mind on how you're going to vote, you can go and do it now. I have a kind of theory in the back of my mind that given some people are very uncomfortable about this referendum and all the issues around it, whether you're on the yes side or the no side or undecided, that you might want to quietly go in and early vote. Plus you might avoid a line on Saturday. Well, there's that. But there's sausages. <laughs> on Saturday there's sausages. Mm. I don't think there's sausages now. Certainly no. not at my polling booth. No, exactly right. Um, we've been in this campaign for a number of weeks now. It's not like it's all the government has been focused on, though. You were musing yesterday that they've actually dropped a whole lot of things unrelated to The Voice during this campaign period. I was musing yesterday about this you as, were musing. as we were chatting. Um, the last couple of weeks, of course, we've seen a very quick response to the Royal Commission into abuse and violence towards people with a disability. Mm. The government can't control when the Royal Commission reports, but they can control when they respond to it. And yeah. They did it and very, did very it quickly. quickly. Yeah. It's a big report, but they they did push out that response very quickly. Um, this week we saw an announcement that there's going to be efforts made to tackle abuse by migration agents and looking at the immigration system. A couple of weeks ago there was this realignment of our army resources towards the north. It's a big that's a that's a big thing to announce. Yeah, yeah. the biggest reorganization of the army in decades. So it's not like the government has just cleared the decks to give the voice a hundred percent clear air. Which I guess what you're saying and what we were musing about is that might that may be deliberate. Um, they don't want it to be the full focus or, you know, it might just be that a lot of these things, the, the, gov the government wheels are still turning and there's plenty to do. Well, certainly when we were discussing dates, when commentators were looking at the available windows to have this referendum, the idea was the 14th of October was a good date because you had footy finals out of the way. Yeah, clear. Parliament wasn't sitting for a good month and there was the ability for the yes and no campaigns to do what they wanted to do and dominate the headlines. But it, it is just notable that the government has got on with some very big announcements very that big. you would expect them to want clear air to actually do the thing and make sure people understood what agenda they were pursuing. That's true, although I do think the final week will be pretty much all voice. So You'd reckon. Expect a lot of that yeah. across the coming week. Um, if you're just turning your attention to all of this and you need a place to go to get all the facts, we have a referendum resource centre on our website. We also have a weekly podcast, Claire, called Ask the Squeeze, all about the voice. You can send questions and we'll tackle them on that podcast. If you have questions in the lead up to voting day, send them to hello at thesqueeze.com.au by 
by Tuesday. Tuesday would be great. Tuesday would be great. Thank you. In fact, you. just send them now. That would be <laughs> Get on with it before you forget. That would be terrific. Finally, <laughs> uh, the winners of Fat Bear Week are announced on Tuesday, likely to be our most engaged with piece of content for the whole year. So a big week at the Squiz. Head to our social pages to make sure you don't miss that announcement. Squeeze recommends we both watched the David Beckham documentary on Netflix, Claire. It's a much more enthusiastic recommendation from us this week. Last week we recommended the supermodels on Apple. We both said it was okay. It was it's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. Maybe like a six or seven out of ten. About Beckham? Seven. Beckham? Like nine? Yeah, eight def- or nine? Definitely an eight. Definitely an eight. A comfortable eight yeah. out of ten from us. Um, it's produced by like it's it's David Beckham. By David Beckham. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I read you did read something that said that it was um the best documentary since The Last Dance, best okay. sporting documentary since The Last Dance. And I mean, I'm captivated by his story. It's I reckon it's it, you could probably put it in that realm of the best because of the scale of him. Like he's, he's so big. So big. And then obviously Posh Spice, Victoria Beckham, the whole family, like so Alex got, Ferguson, like whole, yeah, yeah, the it, Man United and all of that sort of stuff. Understanding that part of history, it's really lovely to see you and the team get engaged with that bit because that's just when I was in my like late teens, early 20s. Yeah. So it's a real part of what I remember of these big changes that were happening and these big phenomenons that were breaking through and David Beckham was absolutely one of those. I was watching part of, I think I think it must, because it's four parts, they're quite long, an yeah. hour and a bit, um, the third one where he shaved his head and I remember that. I remember when David Beckham <laughs> shaved his head and had a new hairstyle and I was thinking, I must have been in like quite young. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, why do I remember this? But he was that big. He was. It was such a big deal. I remember very clearly the purple wedding outfits. Oh, that and it's funny. They talk so Victoria and David talk about those outfits. Both of them are like, oh my God. They're such dags. So embarrassing. They are such dags. but so high fashion dags. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. Yeah. It is well worth a look, as you can tell from, you know, yeah. how we've gone on and on about it. We both really enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. Um <laughs> Claire's added into our um, script here that she has another recommendation that has not been uh, approved. <laughs> it is a whitening toothpaste. Yeah, you can get it at the supermarket. Oh boy. Are you trying to tell me something? No. <laughs> I think you've done a good job of not telling me something when I actually started examining the state of my teeth. Um, it's an Oral-B perfection toothpaste. You can get it from the supermarket. It's on half price at the moment, so dive in and give it a This is a new low for our recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it did a good job. It's not this sort of wow dazzling result okay. in a day or two but my teeth definitely got a bit wider and they felt really good it was quite a nice toothpaste <sighs> I'm going to buy it you know I'm going to buy let it let me tell you <laughs> so when I went back to get it the second time there was actually four or five people looking at the tooth whitening stuff okay. so I reckon this is a thing yeah I'm, I have no doubt that this will be a very very solid recommendation <laughs> that people do take so thank you for that let's move on to squeeze press A couple of squeeze press bits and pieces today. First of all, we've been nominated in some categories, many categories, at the Australian Podcast Awards. Claire, 
Talk us through it. Oh, how good is that? It's really good. We're yeah. really well. Okay, well, I'll talk. Should yeah, I talk? Should I talk people through? You it? gave me the floor for Kevin McCarthy. Okay, so, let me talk about yeah. this. Um, so our series, how far we've come in partnership with NGS Super, has been nominated in the branded podcast category. We're stoked about that because that series is actually returning in a month or so. So get ready. The first season was all about women's financial freedom in Australia. The next series is on education in Australia, something that affects all of us. Squeeze today, Claire has been nominated for. Best Daily Podcast, come on. Woohoo! Yeah, let's get that one. Newshounds, our audio-led media literacy program for primary school classrooms, has been nominated in the education category. Really stoked about that yeah. because Newshounds is just such a special part of what we do. Um, don't forget that Squiz Kids Live, the live event, is going to be on in Canberra next weekend. So that is on at 11am at ANU. It'll go for an hour. It's for the whole family especially if you've got primary age kids. Yeah. Uh, it's a really good one. Tickets, 29 bucks. If you're going to get some guests there, Questacon, Zookeepers. Yeah, they've got the, like a space theme. There's a disco. I think we mentioned that last week. If you're in Canberra, um, this is an educational uh, show, but wrapped up in a whole lot of fun. Exactly. I think Bryce Corbett calls it um, sugar-coated broccoli. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so get along to that. Jump on the Squeeze Kids website for tickets. We're not done with our podcast nominations though, Claire. Before no. Before we finish, we were nominated for Podcast Network of the Year. That was so great. What a haul. Go team. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be back next week. <laughs>